In East Cleveland, Ohio, we meet a drug-addicted veteran with a wild messiah complex. Anthony, what? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Too much? No, it's just enough. <laughs> Guess it, who's back? For a week. I know, oh, it was a we week. lied. I said seven days last episode. It ends up being eight to nine. Listen, things and stuff. I think it's my fault this time. Yeah, I was doing Oh, you know whose fault it, it was, is? It was until, it was my and then I was like, I can't that night either so Tuesday. because <laughs> i was like doing a paper i was like i'm never gonna get this i was also doing one as well on sunday that's why i told you like when you said oh i can't i was like perfect <laughs> because i am not anywhere close to being finished <laughs> that's exactly you know like i set these standards for myself like as far as when i'm gonna finish and it's always like four hours later it's fine i'm just praying that this the paper my paper is like a solid B plus material. Like I, I don't need it to same. be an A. My last one, like the last major paper I did, when I told you it was like the A plus. I got a hundred, like out of a hundred, and I better. was like, "Excuse me." I was excited about my ninety three, but okay, <laughs> you all got one up. Okay, I'll always be Kelly then. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's not my fault. That's not as long as I'm not Michelle. It's between you and God. Um, that's <laughs> not between. But uh, welcome back to what did you do? I'm Charnel. I mean, I think I said I was. I did I, I, did I say I was? <laughs> we were ridiculous, um, but we are back. It's been like eight to nine days, depending on when this gets scheduled to upload. Right. And I'm excited to be back. It feels good to be back so soon. Yes, it feels good to have a case. Yeah. That's wild and yes. weird and strange. It's a little complete. It's, it's complete. Yes, it's complete. We're it giving feels you. Like a what we're giving you, you complete. I'm here for it. Old I'm school. here for. It. What did you do? Old school. What did you I was trying to pronounce the acronym. Uh, housekeeping. Wow. I tried. Leave <laughs> housekeeping. When I get into, when I start sweeping it up. All right. So that's it. We're done. This is it. <laughs> no. Uh, check out the Patreon. Uh, some really cool rewards there. Everybody who is a patron and you've been waiting patiently, fasting, praying for stickers. Or your shirts, cat. That is so deep. One- Fasting for stickers. I don't know. I've been in this weird spiritual uh, vibe for a, the last month or so. Um, but no. So cat. I always talk about cat because cat has been so patient with me mm-hmm. in my depressed ass. Mm-hmm. So cat, your shirt is on the way. Brie, your onesie's on the way. Everybody who got stickers, there's like seven of them on the way. Uh, you're gonna get them. <laughs> I was like, I can't you're, list. You're everyone's getting your name. things. We're giving you. You're your getting names. all the things that you that you deserve. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, and when you get them, uh, should be soon. Like after you hear this, shouldn't be a few more days. I don't, we don't put return addresses on them because we don't have a PO box yet. <laughs> but that takes a little bit longer sometimes when you don't. So right. look for that. And I want to see these stickers out in the wild. I want to see them on water bottles, on protein shake bottles, on laptops, on phones, boobies, on your children. Like put them on your baby's foreheads. I don't know. I mean, I said boobies, but I mean, probably won't stick anywhere either of those places very well. <laughs> but put them in fun places. Let people see them. I'll be really excited when people see them. If you said boobs, um, but <laughs> not on Instagram. Excited. Like blur out your nipple though. Oh, Instagram free the hashtag free the Instagram nipple. Instagram won't let thing? you. 
Right. No, you'd be surprised at the things Instagram does allow. I've seen a lot of gay accounts that get away with a lot of... I have not explored that enough. Well, you don't... The Insta models, like, gay Instagram is terrifying. I've never I've never been to... I've been if to gay been, Tumblr. If you've never felt fat before, gay Instagram will make you feel fat. Oh, no. Yeah, I stay away. The Instagram models uh, are enough for me. But uh, check out... Um, uh, we've got CrimeCon coming up. Yeah, uh, four months away. Yeah, almost less than that now. Yes. Actually, I, I haven't no, lost a pound. I've gained four. I've gained seven. And we're gonna <laughs> be there going for well. that. Uh, that's that's June seventh through the ninth. Mm-hmm. Our code is what D. It's W D Y D nineteen, and you get ten percent off of your standard tickets. That is right. I had we, I had to think so hard. I saw this thirty two year old brain. Old. <laughs> check it out. We'll be down there. Like I said, I'll be down there from the fifth through the ninth, partying with my friends, going on ghost tours. If you are in the area, if you're going to be around there, if, or unless you're going on vacation in Nola anyway, mm-hmm. please let us know. I am down to drink and have fun with all and of you. Party. Honest, honestly, truly, I really am. Uh, check out our website. Join the crew on Facebook. It's so much fun. You guys have a. Uh, have really, really made that thing special. Special, yeah. I I've never seen so <laughs> one so much community. Like you guys rallied around me, but you guys also rally around each other. Right. And it makes me feel really good about feeling good. Um who's the one I wanted to shout out because I'm thinking Rondika Melvin, you girl. She is invested and I like it. Um, <laughs> shout out to you and your baby brother. It's all family super. Oh important. yes, I saw yeah, that. It's so cute. I was like hashtag melanin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you guys are awesome. Uh, and no more baby sharks. Uh, shout out to Kristen Rowland who suggested we cover Lorena Bobbitt too. Mm-hmm. Um, we will because it's on the list. It was on the list before you someone suggested right. it. I I love it. Uh, God, and I can't. I don't know who's it's Gemini Ray. She's always very active on it too. And I'm right. I don't know who that is. And Candace, Candace. <laughs> Oh, you know what, Candace? I'll be in Boston. We'll talk about it. Anyway, so, <laughs> Baba, are you ready to jump into this? I'm ready to tip my toes pictures? into it. I'm not painting many pictures. You could paint those. I'm not this nasty, stinky. Yeah, the, yeah these, there's nothing beautiful about this awful case. Awful person. Now. Yeah, he's not the best. But if you've he been sucks. reading or reading, if you've been listening. Mm-hmm. And you've read the title, you know who we're covering this week. Right. Uh, this week we'll be traversing and dissecting the life and the violence of one Mr. Anthony Sowell. Sowell. Uh, yeah. Sowell. And we start at the beginning and we land in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, the on again, off again lover of one LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> yes, we're talking about Anthony Sowell, who was born in August 19, 1959. <laughs> I love you being Haitian. I just thought that was like, <laughs> the way you read what kind of, is fun. What kind me. of accent you heard? No, it's just the way you read dates. <laughs> like, you lucky I didn't say the 19th of August, because that's how, like, really, they start with the date first in, like, most of the so countries. the 19th of August is the year. What year was? I'm sorry. <laughs> I cut you off. Um, 1959 in East Cleveland, Ohio. He was born to single mom. They don't really mention his father. I'm sure he had a father, but well, he... Well, we, we're later on, and we don't have to talk. We cover it now. Uh, they talk about that his dad... Is just out of the picture. No one is cousins. Right. Something they say they just never brought up. Uh, no first name, Mr. Soul, ever. Again, like they, but Mr. Soul had, they had a couple kids together. They had three kids together. They had, yeah, three had, full was siblings. It Thomas. We just looked at that. I just had to in my head. Thomas, <laughs> year old brain. Yeah, a 29 year old brain. Uh, um, but, and Alan, there we go. Alan, yes. Thomas, and, and Anthony. And so, they had three kids, and he just, poof, he's just not disappeared. In the so, I mean, the 60s wild times 
Um, You're right, though. It was. 60s, wrong. 70s are wild. And, 50s, um, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Well, 50s are okay. The beginning. No, this is the tail end. Yeah. yeah. My mom was born in 59, so. Anyways. So he was born, well, raised by single mom, Claudia Gertrude Harris, Garrison. I almost said Harrison. Um, but yeah, she was a single parent and she had to take care of her, I don't know how many kids, because it gets blurry. I don't know how many kids exactly were in the household. I saw he had five siblings. Yeah. D and I disagreed on this. We've been weird. trying to like figure this out. And no, I understand. Um, but no, so what had happened was, is that... His mom's sister uh, had passed away due to chronic heart disease. Right. So his mom, Claudia Gertrude Garrison. Um, anything with a Gertrude is never good, right. by the way. She did what most, we, we could talk about this, what most kind of black families end up doing is that you kind of just absorb yeah. who, you know, your sister's siblings. Right. Or like in my family, my mom lost custody of me and my sister. My aunt took me. Right. You know, just just what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she took on seven children that were not hers. Hers, right. On top of the ones that she had in her t- house right. and on top of her mama living with her. Right. So there, there's a lot there of people. There was a lot going on. It's a, it was a pretty big house for what it's worth. From what we what we were able to read about it, it was roomy. Um, it was a nicer house. It was in a nicer area. Before, like and this is during the decline, right? Of so Cleveland, so. East Cleveland at the time they were doing well. It was majority actually black, and it was okay. And then there were some race wars that I did. They did describe that happened. Right. There is some um, crack cocaine that goes into the area. Um, businesses start to crumble and the decline of the area begins. So he was kind of being raised in that cusp of a time. Right. Yeah. Which which you can speak to economic opportunities being very like limited and all those things and why people would do anything. I, I know that Cleveland at the time, because we didn't, we, we do so much demographic research for sometimes for no reason. Right. We really do put but, it out there. Like, but it matters in the social economic Yeah, when you're thinking things, about things, yeah. especially when you talk about factors for crime, right. 60-70% of the people living in Cleveland were either around or under the poverty line, which says a lot. Um, at least East Cleveland at this time, which is scary to think about because it was majority black, but the neighborhood they were grown, they had, he was growing up in, mm-hmm. was not majority black. Right, right. So it, he was on this weird cusp where he had this. He see not even wealth. It was when you're broke, middle class looks like rich. Right. So, um, so well, we have <laughs> well, due to the race wars. That's because due to the race wars, though, a lot of people were moving out of East yeah. Cleveland to like the more suburb it's areas. The white, the white so, flight, yeah, kind out of, of thing there. that happens. Yeah. Everyone moves to the suburbs, right? And, and it, to this day, there's the still. Oh yeah, yeah. Even like that's kind of the goal is to move out of the hood and just to work near it, right? Um, like that's like a lot of people move out of a city and then come to that city for work. It happens a lot. Yes, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the thing for social workers too. That's what you have yeah, to do. you don't want to. Li- well, a lot, well, a lot. There's a lot of dangers that come with working in the city and living in the city you work into, right? Because then, then you got to see people in the grocery store. They're like, ain't you the like? Yeah, that is me. <laughs> we talked about this last week, Miss Johnson. Don't don't touch me. <laughs> don't uh, talk to me outside of this office. Thank no, you. No, feel free to talk to me. Just don't have to cost me about the case. I'm work. I'm not working. I'm buying cheese. Um, but even though all these things, all these stressors outside the house, and as you imagine, with a house full of kids, it was stressful um, for yeah, her. Yeah, strained resources. And uh, these things create tensions in the home, and we can sometimes see that manifest in forms of abuse. Right. It happens. And it certainly did in this household by way of the grandmother that was living in the household in Claudia. Um, So we see these kids come in, and they were her nieces and nephews. And 
we know for a fact that she was punishing these children forcefully with cords. She, you know, one time had the niece stripped naked in front of Anthony and uh, beat her naked with a cord. So it wasn't her kids that were going through the abuse by her hands, but it was her nieces and nephews and Anthony's cousins um, that were being abused by um, Claudia. And, I, and we've seen this before in the Gertrude Bereshevsky's case. Right. You take <laughs> Bereshevsky. I got it. You got that one. But I, I can't get it. coercion. I coercion. <laughs> So um, we see that the Gertrude Bredeshevsky case, you're taking on more kids. You don't necessarily want the responsibility and you kind of take it out on them. So that's exactly what Claudia did. So I think that one of the things we have to talk about here, uh, we talk about that. You said that it was not him. His siblings were pretty much safe. Their mom and grandmother rarely lashed out at them. That was something that didn't happen. Um, But he was not experiencing more of a witness. And we know that witnessing abuse can be just as traumatizing as experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you do that, um, people grow up, they tend to be more willing to accept higher levels of aggression, higher levels of violence in their personal relationships. You know, Mm -hmm. that behavior becomes normalized and you become desensitized to those things, which is going to come into play later. Um, And just to kind of riff off what you said, too, is being stripped off. There were also accounts in in court talking about the abuse that happened later on. Mm Um, that they'd be ordered to strip down and be tied to the banister mm-hmm. naked and be beaten in front of the people. And right. it gets worse mm-hmm. until like they were beaten until they bled at mm-hmm. times, which I think is disgusting. And also another to riff off of a riff. Uh, <laughs> what a riff. No, it's, it's talk about that. Sometimes in like these foster situations or in kinship care situations, mm-hmm. people feel the need to assert control when right. new kids or new people come into their house. And I think it, it's really hard for us sometimes to see kids as cruel. But kids can be. Can be. Yeah. And and a lot of times they are pushed to because they feel like they're losing sight of what is theirs. And so we see uh, one of the things that get talked about is that Anthony was seen egging on and starting trouble mm-hmm. for his cousins. Like lying on them, starting fights, stealing food. Right. That would cause them to get angry and beat his cousins. And kind of vicariously asserting himself as the dominant like kid in the house like it was those things happened it happened to me when i moved in with my aunt mm-hmm. my cousin like i got treated like crap for like six months right and it was just because like this oh, is my house yeah we're gonna You're do this to you and, and where, where are you gonna go if you can't stay here you know so there's there's a lot of things that work there but yeah well it was also reported that um he himself began raping his niece almost every day um starting when she was 11 so i don't it, like it, it looks like a abuser like watching somebody being abused and taking on that role too and becoming abusive i I really don't know if you know that report was true um but she did testify to that sworn testimony in court and so i i and i obviously we tend to lean on the side of the 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 victims here And because it it was something that was no one said they saw it right but they do believe her and if and if he was doing this if i feel like again when it, it's important in cases of like sibling cruelty and violence to right away mm-hmm. stop that, right? Because that kind of aggressive and behavior again bleeds it out of your house. Makes me curious, you know, if he did it to the other ones in the household as well. Well, was, I'm not sure. Or did he just target because the one? she's younger, right? And so what happened? I think what really happens is um, he was using the threat of violence from his mother, not from him. Right. To get her to submit, submit to okay. his sexual assaults 
in violence. I don't think it wasn't even like she was afraid of him. Right. And so like I think he knew like what he was doing. And unfortunately, when you have seven siblings in a house, uh, <laughs> and if you try to get like this is gonna sound dark, but it's what it is. If you try to get all of them or subvert all of them, it wouldn't happen. Right. You'd have to pick one that is going to either submit to you. Or one, to, yeah. yeah. So if you got all seven of them, they'd end up whooping your ass. Like that was <laughs> just going to be what ends up happening. And, you know, but there's a shame that comes with sexual violence and things. Right. So, of course, this young girl who feels like if I can't stay here, where am I going to go? I'm afraid of his mother. I'm afraid of him. Right. His like mom I'm going to stay already silent. abusing her as well. Right. So. So we're, there's a whole bunch of things that happen, and what was funny to me is that people outside of the home didn't observe this cruel and mean behavior that Anthony exhibited at all. I think that's odd. <laughs> to the point where he was murdering, they didn't. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> people were just like, I have no idea who this person is, and it's it's the cliche you see, or like um, people on camera all the time saying, I have no idea. I, he made me, there's the little the little uh, black lady, or, I don't think she was, yeah, she was a little black lady across the hall from Jeffrey Dahmer. I had no idea. He's made me sandwiches before. Everyone said, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone said growing up, Anthony was like timid and kind of like there, but like not there. He was like, you saw his presence, but he wasn't like the main personality, main force. I call that anything. potted plant syndrome. Is that what it is? No, I don't know if that's the real name, but I call it that because I got it from a like a motivational speaker quote about how parents should be potted plants. Like teenagers want you to be in the room mm, and but... available, but not say or do anything. Right. And I tell think my that... mom that <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for you now. <laughs> but I think that with I think with this, I think he had potted plants such a where he's in the room. He's... He'll answer questions if you need him to. Right. He'll he'll respond. He'll. Follow rules, but that's it. You're not going to get much out of him other than right. doing what he's supposed expected of him in that space. Right. But he goes on and he moves on to the military. He grows up. I mean, and he, opportunities are um, limited. Again, we talk about where right. Cleveland is. Coke, crack cocaine is becoming a thing. No mm-hmm. jobs. People are moving out of the city. Property values com- drop. Right. He doesn't <laughs> complete high school and he no. goes off to the military to serve. Um, which so many of our, you know, murderers have done in the past. They have military. Don't want to claim them. <laughs> police service. They always go typically into the service. It's a it's a way of the assert your power. Um, yeah. And so that's what he. Sometimes does. it's like the legal way of like ending Assuming. life too. We've right. seen that in some cases. Not in ours. I don't think we've ever covered a case like that. But I've read. We we may in the future. Where are we gonna get that? Crazy. That's, that's what it's gonna be touchy. If we if we have to part to it, I will into <laughs> it. But um, so he joins in January twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight. He served about seven years in the Marine Corps. Um, and you could discuss a little bit about his time there. Um, but he does pretty well there. He does, and we talked about this a little off mic, which we tend to do, right? And so we have to repeat ourselves. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. He does do well. And we see this, like, again, outside when he's at school and things like that, he is together. Right. He's not out of control. He's not mean. He's timid. He's quiet. In the military, it was the same thing. He followed orders. He did well. He, do- he did exactly what he was told. But what started to happen, and I looked for a catalyst and I couldn't find one, mm-hmm. is that he began to drink. I and mean, part I feel of- um, sometimes solitude 
is the cause. I've read that for like people in the service who don't really click with anybody. Solitude becomes a thing and they start to drink. Like it's, I, alcoholism in the too. service is not rare. No, not at all. Right. But I, I, I would have ventured to guess that most of it was the stress uh, missing home, like the griefing, pro- the griefing, the grieving process of you know being so far away from your loved ones. Right. Um, he starts to drink, and he starts to drink heavily. Right. And you know, he like you said, he ends up going to basic training. Um, he spends those years in time, and but while he's in the military, while he's in the Marines, he falls in love, which I think love is a beautiful thing. Uh, he marries a fellow Marine, Kim Lawson, in September of 1981. Also, Beyonce was born in September wow. of 1981. Just yeah. want to throw that out there. <laughs> I just want to make that note. And I don't know when they got married, but I'm going to venture. On if, the they fourth? Get, if they got married on the 4th, it's going to be a thing. Uh, because during this time, she really wanted to um, to help him uh, break this habit because, obviously, if you are an alcoholic in the service, you will be dishonorably discharged. It's something that's not highlighted, condoned. Or accepted, and she thought, which a lot of people do. We could talk about the toxicity in relationships at another time. <laughs> I can help this person, save this person. She tries it, does not work, and she actually ends up divorcing him the day she leaves the Marines. Yeah, she's like, I'm out. The day and she's discharged. She's, she's like, I'm out, and we're done. Exactly, out and done. But he does serve all seven years, and he gets a whole bunch of medals. Like I said, we he does well, and so he gets a good conduct medal. He gets a Sea service deployment ribbon, certificate of accommodations, and two letters of appreciation. So he does really well. It seems like when we're looking at his life, which started out so disorganized, a lot of people coming and going, um, giving you that kind of shameless. Now I understand that reference because I binged every episode of Shameless. People coming out and going in his home. Once he gets into what reference the, were you referring to? We've because. talked about Shameless. You've talked about I forget which, which episode. I've seen. Uh, was it Benishevsky? I think it was a Benishevsky. Yeah. Like the oh, okay. it going in and out, and you referenced it. And at that time, I didn't see Shameless, but I have now. It hasn't even been that long. How I binge show. This is yeah. my life. This is what I how I do my homework. Okay. I watch shows. <laughs> you watch stuff. Okay, umbrella, the Umbrella talking. Academy. I already finished. Maybe one day during, writing paper. During, oh well, I can't. <laughs> and I, can't I still finish. got a ninety three on that paper. Well, what? Well, I'm proud of you. <laughs> but yeah, um, so he seems to just be a person who does well with structure, and. Which most human beings do. You know, it didn't go well for him when he was at home. I mean, you're raping your niece. You're not doing, you know, the the criminal activities are beginning. No one's watching you. Um, well, yeah, that's no, that's neglect. That's no supervision. Like, there's, there's a lot of things so many things going on, in right? The dis, in the, also, just the disdain and disregard for the the cousins in general. Right. The mother already had. So already even if someone, even if the adults in the house knew right. about it, whether or not they cared to do anything about right, it, right? Because they're already abusing them. But now you get into the um, you know, army where you're being watched. People, right. are, you're in military. You're you have you're no being choice. You have no. You you follow through, and he does well. I mean. So many, like, murders we've talked about in the past, they don't do well. They get, like, you know, discharged for, like, you know, misconduct and stuff like that. It's the antisocial, like, tendencies that start to really, like, show up in those moments. Right. So I thought it was very rare that he did well. It is. And, you know, maybe he probably would have done better continuing in that structure. You know what? And Maybe. But there are a lot of things that go into how, if people stay in the military or not. I have friends who have been in the military since we, they graduated high school and have no intention of leaving. 
they want to go up in the ranks. They want to do all this stuff, and they've gotten three degrees with the through the like. It's just a whole bunch of things yes. that they want to do, and they love it. And I again, shout out to our armed forces. You know, shout out to y'all for you know doing your thing and being selfless because I couldn't do it. Um, the story behind that is I told them I was gay in 2007. <laughs> they said, "Well, have a good life. Best of luck in your future endeavors," and hung up on me. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, <laughs> well then." At least I know I was. I knew I was registered for selective service. At least so I could fill out my FAFSA. I knew that. <laughs> but you're right. So he leaves the military, and a lot of things happen when you get into military. You learn a lot about values, about honor, discipline, uh, perseverance, uh, structure. Again, like you said. But one of the things that you also learn is the obvious thing is how to effectively eliminate the enemy. Right. Whoever you decide is the enemy is kind of one of those subjective things, uh, but. We have Anthony going back to what essentially is, and one of my good friends to Kenya would say, qual- classify the hood, like these debilitated areas, mm-hmm. um, or dilapidated, I think was the word I was looking for, um, as war zones. So we have him coming back into this area with like, right. all this training, coming from this very, this very structured, organized places to dysfunction. Right. And he obviously does not does operate not do well, well in dysfunction and, and at we all. talk about crack cocaine becoming a thing. The number of addicts like rose at an alarming rate by right. the time he gets back. It's 1985. Yeah. So um, he gets back and things are pretty much in shambles. Yeah. Worse than they were yeah, declining they were when just he left. Getting, yeah. Because he was in Japan. He was in California. He's right. been he's been around Over. the world. He's been seen a lot of places. It's a little Kim line. I just saw <laughs> seen it. a lot of places. Seen a lot of faces. I've been with hell. different races. Yeah. 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 But in this environment, his drinking becomes more and more of a problem. And he's reported that he was having at least six drinks a day. At least six a day. And they were big, too. They used to, he did uh, the 40s. I think he yeah. did the big 40s. The OEs. Yeah. yeah. And those are things like six drinks a night are, are like my thing for a party. Like, I'm gone at that point. I can imagine <laughs> that being my minimum. He starts screaming, sweet Caroline. Sweet. Caroline. Songs that get white folks turned. Oh. Um, it's on the list of songs. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Google it and it's going to show up. There's right. Like a list Every of time I've got a drunk, that song is coming on. And I'm Mr. Brightside's another one. Um, but remember how we talked a little bit about uh, before how his childhood and what that looked like could affect his long term relationships? Well, like Anthony's aggression steadily rose along with his drinking. Right. And with that comes poor decision making impulsivity. Um, he'd actually go on and get arrested and serve eight days in jail for a domestic, uh, domestic violence charge, right. uh, 1988. And it would cause him to have several more run-ins with police. Um, that's disorderly conduct, DUIs, public drunkenness, drug possession. Um, and with his behavior becoming just a little bit more erratic and that much more unpredictable, um, it's a bit suspicious that in this time a few women in Cleveland would end up dead. Mm-hmm. With no leads whatsoever. No. Uh, so on May 27th, 1988, Rosalind Garner was found strangled in her home in Hayden Avenue in East Cleveland. Mm-hmm. February 27th, 1989, Carmela Prater is found dead in an abandoned building on First Avenue in East Cleveland. And what's funny about this is that, not funny, haha, but odd, or what's the word? Coincidental right. thing. There you go. Ironic. Prater. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Isn't it ironic? Okay, Alanis. Alanis. I have all these songs. Prater lived on Page Avenue, the same street that Soul lived on. Uh, and she had been beaten, but they couldn't figure out what exactly had killed her. Was it blunt force trauma? Was it strangulation? And then March 28th, 1989, just a month later, Mary Thomas was found strangled with a red ribbon around her neck near an abandoned building on First Avenue. 
And that was the same av- the same street that uh, Carmela Prater lived on. Right. And these are in like so you're thinking about kind of the area we triangulate these things. It's someone someone obviously is or not obviously one would theorize that someone is stalking this area or watching this particular area or living in this particular area and doing all these things. I mean, it would make sense that he would be connected to some of these because we get kind of like nothing and then it starts to escalate. Right. So if he was connected to some of these, it makes sense because it's like assault and then it escalates further and further because the next step is he goes into to murder, murder and rape. Right. So, and it's like, what would, uh, and it's going to pick up. And I think right. that, and again, these aren't things that are tied to him at all. These aren't, these aren't yeah, cases we're, that we're he's only been tried for. This is just things that just happened to happen in the area he was in. When his behavior became that dangerous, when he was starting to have all the run-ins with law enforcement, and if it was up, if I was a cop, like he would be somebody I would, I would start thinking, yeah. right? Like who is this violent person living in this area? Mm-hmm. But, but from what we know, it goes from this domestic charge now to 1989, where he meets one Melveta Melvet. 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 Yeah, Sockwell. <laughs> um, she was three months pregnant at the time, and she went to, you know, hang up t- uh, out Sockwell's home. I'm not too sure what he was do- what they were doing, but Sockwell at the time was, um, you know, kind of like, uh, not Sockwell, but um, uh, Sol, 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 Anthony, Anthony was kind of like a, a guy people went to go hang out and drink and chill and... Um, you well, know, have he, you met Mo? Like there, he, he was you, that guy in the block. Yeah, have you? I was gonna say if you if you've ever yeah. lived in an inner yeah, city, and you, know. we know tons of people. There are people I still high five. I get <laughs> out of my car sometimes. They're walking down the street. Like this just happens. It just happens like that. Mm-hmm. And they, I looked everywhere for why these two would really have come together. Like what was yeah, the real spark? I, um, because they they were at a a, a motel right, at first, right? And so. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not deriding this woman. I'm not talking about her, but right, I am right. saying that, you know, it was a time of addiction and she had had a history of drug use. Right. And so maybe that was something that was going I, on. I, that's exactly what I didn't want to say either. Like I was trying to just put out there that he was the kind of party house. He had the drugs, he had Right. The, so if that was something that was, drinking, she was battling, so, right. pregnant or not, um, like that would be, that would be the connecting piece. Right. Um, and because I think because of that, that she kind of avoided that, but she ends up actually in Anthony's house. home because he lies. Right. And says she's going to get picked up by her boyfriend, gets to Anthony's house. No boyfriend. No boyfriend. So she tries to leave. No boyfriend. And he wouldn't let her. Instead, he bounds her hands and her feet with a belt and a tie, uh, strangles, and rapes her. After he does the deed, he falls asleep. And she's able to wiggle herself out and make it down and to call the police. Yeah, and so I think what happens here, um, in a lot of in a lot of cases like this, when you have a history, and you have your own issues with drug related uh, offenses, and you add in the distrust, the general distrust of the police, right, in like in, uh, communities of color. Like there's a very you don't really want to always um, cooperate, and so that's what happened here, mm-hmm. is that they couldn't one they couldn't get her to testify no um, at first, but they also couldn't find Anthony when they went back to look for him. Correct. So there was a lot of things like they couldn't keep him because she wouldn't. T- it was just a whole bunch of things that went wrong here, and which is frustrating to me. 
Um, but it's also yeah, in the late 80s. I was going to say, it's the time. There's, there's so many things that happen. And Cleveland, at this point, crime is shooting Ooh, up. So many yeah. drug-related crimes are shooting up. That's Now that's drug dealing. That's mm-hmm. violence related to those things. And the police is aren't staffed or equipped for all the burgeoning right. criminals that are... Right. I read... I um, actually watched a documentary where the cops would talk about how much burnout they were going yeah. through and how much, you know... They wanted to do things, but there was so much going on at the time in Cleveland with missing people. They, they some people definitely got they fell by the wayside. And adults, and again, adults are allowed to go missing. That's one thing I always tell people. Mm-hmm. You, you missing person reports happen. Yeah, you have to give them the forty eight hours, but you're allowed to go missing. If I you bounce keep, right you now, always say this every episode. I'm like. <laughs> What you need to do is do this on an off week when we're not recording because I can see <laughs> disappear for your week when we're not busy, okay? Because I, he's saying. like, it's gonna happen one day where he's gonna disappear <laughs> <laughs> for like a week. It's like we're sharing out then just mad Instagram pictures in Disney World. Like, what happened? <laughs> but, but no, and they're allowed to disappear. But also, people who are addicted to drugs, especially things that are as as binding as crack cocaine. I can stop calling crack cocaine because I was trying to put in news articles. It's, it's, crack. it's crack. People who are addicted to crack and heroin, those kind of things, those narcotics, um, they start living these very transient lifestyles. They float in and out. I remember when my mom started using when I was younger. My mom would disappear for days. And I'm like, where the hell is my mom? <laughs> <laughs> and thank God for my grandma. But like things like that happen. Right. So adults would disappear all the time. And as family members or our loved ones, you start getting used to that. And so you don't know who's actually gone and who's out on a binge or a bender. So all these things, like the police just did not know really how to put up with it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I also stepped on your feet. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> so he, they can't find her. Um, and him. He, right. They can't find him. Seven months later, the, another woman comes forward and says, so well raped her as well. Hmm. So now this is becoming a thing. The one that led to, I believe, his capture was on June 24, 1990. Um, he raped a 31-year-old woman. Um, he came to the house. He sat behind the love seat. They started drinking. He got up from behind her, choking her, um, described exactly what he was going to do to her, um, and then dragged her by the neck and raped her. Orally and yeah, yeah, he didn't anally, vaginally, yeah, it's, yeah. And what's really disheartening about this and heartbreaking about that is that she was already with child. You know, it wasn't. So it's, there's a lot of there's a there's Did a she lot. Know she was with child at the time. She was. Okay. Um, but oh, this, yeah, you're right. And part of me and part of me thinks that this is that's part of his like mo. Is because this is the second time it's been a pregnant yeah. woman. So there, there's all these things, and not only a pregnant woman, but a pregnant woman who is kind of again tossing and wrestling with these with these addiction demons. Um, but he does eventually end up pleading uh, guilty to mm. attempted rape because they were dragging this through court and right. being fought, and they couldn't pin the actual rape. But he did plead to attempted rape to a lesser charge through a plea deal. Mm. Um, and on September twenty, uh, September twentieth, I can't talk today. 12th. September twelfth, nineteen ninety. Uh, he sentenced to five to fifteen years in prison, which <sighs> structure right does like I don't know what he it is. doesn't he makes sense but he doesn't make sense and 
So there's all these options. So we know what prison is like. There's been enough prison movies. You've listened to enough true crime podcasts to know what prison looks like, feels like, what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be a rehabilitative process. And a lot of times it's not. It's not. Um, Penitentiaries, we're supposed to be paying penance. And we also know who it was paying for. It doesn't matter. We're not getting into a history lesson. But in this, we see him starting. He starts attending these AA meetings, these NA meetings. Um, He starts trying to get in these 12-step programs. Um, he's also starts trying to get help for his sexual impulsivity uh, and his uh, affinity for sexual violence. All these things that he's and it's it's strange. And part of it makes me think that this is just the kind of manipulative behavior. Is like, look what I'm doing, right? You know, just kind of fool everybody to let him out, right? Um, like the narcissistic side of all these things. And we're going to talk about that too a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but. You look like you had words. I didn't want to take you out. No, I just wanted to say, um, they did say that he had some strange behaviors there too, but we did talk about like off mic. (laughs) (laughs) He started counting prisoners and, you know, some of the guards, he would get like a little obsessive when his stuff would go missing. Again, it could have been all part of the coping mechanism, trying to deal with being in jail. The things going missing could be just who he is as a person. You don't want things to go missing. And when you're in a structured environment, you're expecting some kind of structure. And so... Like the military, like right. you know, you, you don't pretty sure you can't get things right. to go missing in the military. So I guess he things kind don't of go missing it. unless right. someone's taking them, right? You know, unless somebody wants your thing to go missing, it doesn't right. move, right? Or unless, and we, I mean, we see stories about uh, COs and things like that um, harassing inmates and taking right. things to to taunt them. But in this instances, we have we have COs and psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. And counselors and prison social workers talking about this man as if he's, they have no idea why he's here. Like, he mm-hmm. just doesn't fit the profile of these right. serial rapists or these violent offenders. And to me, I'm just like, wow. Like, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost mind blowing. It's like the shift. It's, mm-hmm. it's what Christians want when they got the, the backsliders coming back to church. It's like, this person, uh, should be 180, like, turned right. around, like, all of a sudden doing better. Yeah, it, it was weird, and I think that what was important is that the parole board continually denied his appeals yeah. or his his appeals for parole, mm-hmm. specifically because they thought he was still dangerous. Right, like they saw his behaviors as just what I said, manipulative, you're, you're and like yeah. like you're faking this till you make it, bro. You're not getting out. Again, um, he knew how to do that structure thing. He was in the um, Marines, so he knew. He knew right. how to fake the structure and getting life together. I mean, he did take some L's. You know, his father did die while he was in prison. But like again, we we had no idea who his father was, what right, like what right. like what their relationship was really like. Uh, but he did end up getting his GED uh, while he was in prison. Um, he also gave up his drug addiction, which you have no choice really in prison. Right. I mean, prison still has a drug issue. I was going to say, unless you're going above and beyond and finding right. your... You are. Like, you can't afford to pay for the drugs that come into prison. You're going to kick your habit. Right. And that's, so, there's a lot of things that happen. He, his life shifted a lot in prison. And this is not me applauding him. He's still trash. But this is what, <laughs> like, because he is. Like, this doesn't get better after this. That's why it's sad. Like, if this was a, some kind of redemptive arc, we, yeah. I don't think we've done any redemptive arcs on what... We probably never will. Because no, I don't think there yes. is... If you're in a true crime category, mm-hmm. if you're a serial rapist and a murderer or violence toward violent towards women, I don't really care what you do. You can find religion and you can do all those great things. You could save the world from a meteorite, and I would still be like, but 2007 though. So, <laughs> I'm good. 
just my aspect. But even all that, again, he he seems to be this transformed man. And on June twentieth, two thousand five, again, this case is pretty recent. Right. Um, the newer stuff. Um, he's free. Right. He's released from prison and he heads back home. I think the time in jail makes it so recent. If he didn't do that time, he probably would have escalated and be sick. Oh yeah, he would he would have been done in like ninety four. <laughs> Somebody would have caught him out, or he would have been killed or caught. But he's he is out and he is back home and yeah. clean, sober. Uh, he ends up moving into his father's widow's house on Imperial Avenue in East Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, seeing where he comes from and this weird sense of control, he always feels the need to have this feeling of being this mentor to people all the time. He's like you said, he's a dude on the block that everybody, everybody wants to be around. Right. I imagine he has this weird sense or obligation to help others get clean too, mm-hmm. and. Because of that, he would start casually dating and befriending sex workers and addicts Addicts. that were in this area to kind of convince them to leave the life. But what the issue is, is when you are an addict, um, and my brother will talk to me about this stuff all the time, and I have friends and family, other family members who are addicts um, as well, is that when you're an addict, there's no... Nobody rarely talks about it in the past tense. Like people say, I'm an alcoholic, that's why I don't drink. That's right. Even if they're not, they haven't drank in 18 years, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an addict. And... Because recidivism, like coming back to recidivism, like it's jail time. But mm-hmm. re, like relapse, thank you. Relapse is one of those things that is all, you're always in danger of, especially right. if you go to the environments where those things are right. prevalent. And you can't, <laughs> once you get out, it's the, the wrong idea that you could be around it. And they, I mean, we a lot of addicts talk about how they don't even go to bars because, right. you Don't know, invite me. It's rude. Don't invite me. I can't do it. I'm not like, going back to the hood. Like, I'm not going to, like, we can go somewhere else for someone, for right. Thanksgiving. Like, I would love to do that. Right. Uh, it happens all the time. And being around this and, again, being deep in the life. Like, right. he was, like, sleeping with women and just hanging. Like, he was deep. Mm-hmm. He started to reuse crack and drink Great. again. And... Now, what is really not even coincidental, because like things get exacerbated once you start drinking, all those things start rushing back, and things get wild again in Cleveland. Right. More women are uh, just disappearing with those backgrounds of addiction and relationship troubles that he's hanging out with, mm-hmm. and uh, well, we could actually say now preying on, mm-hmm. uh, start to go missing. Uh, and on July 11th, 2007, the family of Crystal Dozer, Anthony Dozer, actually her son, uh, would file a missing person report. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he hadn't seen his mom in days. And now Crystal, um, and we talked a little bit about it before, but I feel the need not just humanize the victims, but to talk right. about what drugs do. Because right. I think this is the most drug-heavy case we've ever had. Right. Um, and I where, definitely want to mention that because a lot yeah. of these women, that was their story too. Um, so a lot of these women, we were talking about how the epidemic came you know, into what like the 80s of it. And these women didn't start out as drug users. They actually spent the majority of their life just having normal jobs, doing regular things, um, taking care of family, struggling, yeah. struggling, but taking care of their family. And you know, Crystal being one of um, the ones being at first just her daughter describing her as like a normal, love caring, loving mother, doing the best that she can, and then mm-hmm. later on in life, in her thirties, became addicted to crack. Because a lot of people think these addictions come later or or come earlier and younger and you can get it like you can start yeah Yeah, a lot later in 50s right a lot later in life (laughs) my mom tells me that all the time she works in the field so she's like she used to do detox and she's like a lot of people will come in so a lot of the people and the victims we're going to talk about 
a lot of them had the similar stories. They they were just unfortunately, you know, overcame by this addiction and led them into the wrong places. Yeah, and I would I would also say, um, and this is just for everyone else listening, is there are things that lead you to maladaptive behaviors and poor coping, coping. mechanism. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about people like Crystal, who had had this history of again depression mm-hmm. and things, and she was and she was trying to take care of her kids, and at that time had her kids taken away. People were living right. with other people. Uh, I, I believe I read one of her kids ended up getting adopted mm-hmm. through foster care because they couldn't reunify them, and so that added to her stress. her stress and her depression as well. Mm-hmm. And when you need to escape, and drugs again are everywhere. everywhere. That is something that's so easily to fa- easy to fall into, right. and so she ends up doing that. And so that was July eleventh, two thousand seven, where that missing person gets filed. She actually goes missing a little before then, mm-hmm. um, and then on which uh, coincidentally, mm-hmm. throwing it out there, on Jun- June twenty ninth, two thousand seven, one of Anthony Sowell's neighbors calls the city to complain about a foul odor that's oh, wafting smell. through the neighborhood. Now you know what happens when there's a smell from previous episodes of what did you do. Usually people show up and investigate, but that's you. That's, that's, that's if things made sense. That's if things made sense. And so there's these things, and so these, these little things that start popping up, and we and we see more women start to go missing. Mm-hmm. And and I love. I, I've never. I thank God I listened to the last podcast on the left because that is something that they've given me so many like quotes and terms mm-hmm. of people who are less dead. Right. And I like to think of people who are less missing too. And. I just want to point out that a lot of the women, all the women who are victims in this in this case, are black women, right? And women with histories of addiction mm-hmm. and all these other troubles and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And so, people who are less missing, people who are less dead, this is who he's this is who he's targeting. So it's right. there's all these things. People are like, okay, well, you know, your mom's a drug addict, and there is there is in articles people telling them you're not like we're not worried about that like we don't want to waste our resources on someone who's not actually missing right and it's disgusting but it happens right because of who these because of people characterize them as flippant and transient so right. and remember there are women going missing at the time that we don't think is related to him right. but this was happening so this was it's just the cases i mean at this point we can kind of just kind of go through the women who yes. are missing because that's who we're going to find out later are. Just go go ahead and back <laughs> me up with the names, but it seems right. So we talked about Crystal. Then there's a Tashara Culver, LaShonda Long. LaShonda Long goes missing around August 2008. Michelle Mason is October 2008. Uh, Tanya Carmichael, December 2008. Nancy Cobbs, April 2009. Amelda Hunter. Did I say that? Amelda yep. Hunter. Um, April 2009. Talisha. I was going to guess Talasha. Talasha. But it might be Talisha. Talisha. African-American. Uh, Fortson. <laughs> yeah. June. T- Listen, I could say Beneshevsky. Uh, June 2009. That, that's uh, <laughs> I was like, that's problematic. What we're talking about? <laughs> June, I'm just saying. No, You're that's like, not even I like can that. Say the white name. No, no that's not saying it like that. Wow, you took it there. Um, Janice Webb. Um, June 2009. Kim Yvette Smith. July 2009. And Diane Turner. September 2009. Yeah, so all these women in 
this two-year span start going missing. Right. And... Again, in the same area that that these three previous women that were not connected at all, again, to Anthony, go missing. And so there's a few things that are really important that happen. Like a growing smell. Right. So the growing smell and also things like the Adam Walsh Act happens. Mm -hmm. And that requires him to now report to the sheriff's office every 90 days. Because he's now registered as a sex offender. You need to check in. People need to verify your address. Like all these things start happening. So people are going out and checking on him too. They are. They are. And one of the other things happened December 8th, 2008. We're talking about red flags here, guys. There's a bleeding woman who waves down a police car. And she tells them that Anthony had asked her, you know, you want to have some beer with me? Do you want to drink? She says no. He attacks her and tries to take off her clothes. And the police went to his home and to the third floor, which becomes important later on in right. this. Um, arrest him, but they didn't get fi- they didn't get charges filed because the woman didn't want to talk to the detective. We talked about again distrust of police sometimes right. is I think that uh, one of the things that fails to be talked about in true crime podcasts too is one that is mm-hmm. that there's a distrust of police in communities of color, but also the other side is that police have to pro- are designated to protect and serve. That's but sometimes job. protecting us means protecting us from ourselves, right? And sometimes you've got to. There needs to be a push. And again, the oversaturation, the burnout. Right. If I don't have to work, if no one's going to make me do this at this point, right. there's another case that has my attention. Mm-hmm. So things like that happen. Um, there's searches that start happening, too, for these missing women, like Tanya Har- um, Carmichael. Mm-hmm. Like, people are knocking on doors. People putting are up posters. Putting up posters. So, like, in this area, so the police presence, again, has upped. Right. <laughs> this is the, they're not hiding. They're not they're not ignoring this area per se, but there are just so many red flags happening on Imperial Avenue, <laughs> specifically that people Someone's are forgetting about Imperial. As, right. as, besides, yeah, and fun. so it's all these things happen. Um, he's checking in with the sheriff's department, or sheriff's office. I'm sorry, as he's supposed to do, but this is something where it throws me off because September 22nd of 2009. Mm-hmm. Sheriffs just show up. They drop right. by. They Because they can. They're allowed mm-hmm. to verify if that's where you live. Like, just to make the... You're there you tell supposed, them, when you're a sex offender, you're right. supposed to turn you in can, your address. One of the terrifying things about the sex offender registry, if you've... And I hate to shake everyone's life up right now, is that if you look at it right now, go to your, your state's or city's sex offender so list. If, yeah, if you do it, if you look to now, if it looks to the name where it says address verified, there are so many that aren't because they... Yeah. Oh, I know. It's I insane. know. One of my <laughs> last apartments, there was, a, there was a woman that was like not reporting, like just in the mist. Yeah, and it happens because <laughs> for those six first six months out when people are like on you mm-hmm. and you have to tell your neighbor all these right. things. So you're sitting there and I, and after those six months, a lot of people will like move or, you know, and it, it's just so weird to me. And so they go there to verify that it lives there because if, if they tell you ahead of time, you can fake a lie, set it up. You know, act like you have a bed, yada, yada, yada. Um, he answers the door, um, but they, they're they not allowed to enter. Like, that's not what they're They just need to make right. sure that you live there. Um, and it's, it's so strange because this same day, this same day, a woman comes to his house, same MO, gets her some alcohol in her. Tries to rape her, attacks her, beats her with extension cords, then succeeds in raping her, mm-hmm. and then she passes out. Yeah. And she was able to get away by promising him money and that she would not tell the police anything. 
And then, you would think, <laughs> you would, you would think, right? But then all things come to a head October 20th of 2009 mm-hmm. when there's an emergency 911 call made from his neighbors to report that there's a naked woman either falling out of a window or, or being thrown out of a yeah. window. Um, and so they send an ambulance, they send police. And Sowell tells them that, oh, we were just doing drugs all day and we're just having sex. This woman is naked and he's outside naked as naked. well. Like, completely naked. Like, these things, like, this is not sober or rational behavior. No. Right. And so the ambulance takes this woman to the hospital. and With then Sowell. Again. But the ambulance is not there to discern who's who, especially if everyone's kind of high. You know, so it's it's that's one of those things. And the police get called to the hospital, and they go. They end up going to his home too, and they don't find anyone there. And then they go back <laughs> to the hospital, and now again the woman refuses to talk to the police, uh, and because again he knows who he's attacking. He knows right. who these, these women have histories. Uh, there could be active warrants out for their arrest. Like he knows what he's doing. If you, they don't want to give a name, they don't. All these things that happen. But now, the woman from the September twenty second attack. Remember, I told you she gets her drunk, gets mm-hmm. angry, promises him fifty dollars, and she he lets her go. Right. She finally decides to talk to the police, right. and the chase is on. <laughs> they get an arrest warrant, they get a search warrant, and they go to the house. You want to take it? You want me to go through the gross stuff? <laughs> go through gross stuff. You know, I, I, I like skimmed through it where they searched and found stuff in the crawl boards and the skull. Let's talk about the odor because <laughs> that's where we are now. Yeah. Because finally, like it's this, I researching for this, I was like, this is exhausting <laughs> because like if you, this was Clue, we'd already be done, right? Right. It was Anthony Soul with the extension cord on Imperial Avenue. Like it's. Right. Clear as day. I feel like a stench. If you knock on a door constantly and you smell that, how many police have to be called out? If neighbors are smelling this, you smell it on the porch. No, we've all heard the smell of death is distinct. I've never, I've never like knock on wood had to smell it, but I hear it's like dead animals, dead people. I'm assuming I've never smelled a dead human, but I've I've smelled smelled dead dead animals animals before. I've stumbled upon one. By accident, and I I didn't know what the smell was. I was like, "This is a gross, rotten smell." But I don't. It didn't smell like rotting meat. It's like this. Mm -hmm. It's there's no other way to describe it but death. Right. It's such a. It's it stinks. And so, to me, that's as a detective, as a like, as a any kind of police officer, like even if you don't know what that is, because it's such a strong, pungent, disgusting smell you've never smelled before, that you would assume it's death, and that would be probable cause to search someone's home. Like I just feel like that That would be enough. Yeah. (laughs) That would be something that happened. But when they reach, they go to search his home, he's not there. They go to search it anyway, obviously. Uh, they enter the house, and on the third floor of the home, on a bed and on a floor, they find two decomposing bodies. Mm-hmm. They go on, and they find three more bodies. Two in the crawl space in the house, and one buried in a shallow grave in the basement's dirt floor. There's another body. Yes. Right. Body number six found in a shallow grave in the backyard. And now, at this point, October 31st on Halloween, a tipster spots Anthony. Because remember, they don't know where he is. Right. And they spot him walking on the street. And he's on what's uh, Mount Auburn Avenue, mm-hmm. about a mile from his house. So he's never even gone that far. Right. 
He hasn't. It's not Which like he's, you, you he didn't go to Akron. He didn't go to Warren or or what's the other one? Columbus. He didn't leave the state. He's, he's around. around yeah. People would like to return. And this one I'm thinking about. He's such a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And where he's watching them like you search for him raised. and do these things. Right. And so it's just it's so strange to me. And not only that, they so now the Cleveland the Cleveland police, uh, the coroner's office, they're all digging up his backyard. They're just just tearing this house apart for evidence. And then they find four more bodies buried in the backyard. Yep. That makes it ten. Ten. And then, then a skull is found in a bucket wrapped in paper. That one took me out. I was in like, oh, the no, I'm done. Eleven. I'm done. And after this, now that they have this evidence, they have him there. They can finally charge him on five counts of murder, rape, assault, and kidnapping. And also, just to... Let everybody know that 11th body, the one that was supposed to be for that skull, is found in a neighbor's backyard. Like, that is... Oh, no. Yeah, this is... I well, I didn't read that. I was like, wondering where the body went for that right. one. Right. And, and cool. it's it's insane to me that this man was able to move in the way he did. And like, no one knew. No one's paying attention. Well, I meant no one's paying attention. So stressful. Yes. But that is, whew, that is where we are. Yeah. And now that he's charged, it's time for the trial. Trial. My least favorite part of any case is the trial. Unless it's like a right. good one. Like the, the man, he, his brothers, like I think that trial is like interesting. And though, like there are there are certain trials that I would love to watch, like court TV. Whew. But there are some of them where it's just cut and dry. Like Michelle's trial and her hearings. Yeah, were, well, that was wild. That like, was you know, wild. like there are certain ones yeah, where you're like, right, you need to see these yeah. for, to know really what happened. There needs to be investigations. This I didn't is, watch his trial. I just heard some of the things that he stated and said. Yeah. Um, but I didn't watch his child. So. Well, no, yeah, because he he was very much so. A lot of the things, a lot of the defense, mm-hmm. essentially was, I'm obsessive compulsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, my childhood trauma is rearing its ugly head, right. and these are things that have not been reconciled mm-hmm. with yet. And I need that help. There's a lot of things that went into it. And this is where his brothers and his cousins ended up being called into court. Right. And had to say, did this happen? They're like, no, no. He was a witness to this. And not only was he a witness, he encouraged it. Right. And so he was <laughs> basically saying that somebody had sexually assaulted him when he was five. Um, and he remembers bidding, biting the uh, person that was sexually assaulting him, mm-hmm. but didn't remember who did it. Around also when he was three or four, he would said he would mimic sex acts and spread feces on dolls that he had to basically say that this is the trauma that he went through right. at an early age that led him to traumatize people. Yeah, and I, I think that the the problem with this is that one, it had never been reported before. Right, it came much and, later, and a lot of. A lot of sexual violence against young people happens in secret. Mm-hmm. So to say that, well, we didn't see it. Well, yeah, you might not, have. bro. Like that's part of why people like mm-hmm. do it is because it's a scary, it's a shame thing. Mm-hmm. And so after all this, and you, you don't want to side with Anthony on anything, no. But I'm not gonna say he wasn't sexually assaulted. No. It's just the only the only person who's vouching for that is him, right? And at this point. He's kind of like in the red as far as credit goes. So like, bro, like we don't really know. And it could 
we see so many killers who try to throw things against the wall to see what sticks. Right. Um, and part of my part of my thing is really I wanted to know what happens, like what clicks, because remember he left prison with this messiah complex. Right. So he goes out with this want and need to help people. Yeah. And what I see it as is this, and follow me through a thought. Following you. I see it as this need to control people. Yes. I was and he was tip so used, yeah, using yeah. living in this house with women growing up and these young girls, and he was able to do it through violence. Mm-hmm. I see it as him thinking that he now has this moral superiority, right? Mm-hmm. And he is helping these women. He's turning their lives around. Did Drake and try to do that too? Who Drake? I don't know. Was he about. like in the strip clubs talking about? I believe it. I mean, I was in a strip club telling people they didn't have to do this. The one time I've gone to one, I was like, you know, you could just be a barista, right? Maybe she didn't want to. Maybe she liked the work. She well, did. I was at I was at a gay strip club. I didn't. Uh, I mean, maybe I don't know what <laughs> maybe he, he wanted ident- to. He identified as, but I just at the time being, his name was Carl or whatever the stage name was. I don't know. <laughs> but my point is this: is that like that narcissistic tendency right. that I am this person? I'm so self important. And we see people, like, lash out when there's narcissistic injuries. So, one of those... It doesn't have to be something directly related to it. It could be something like, oh, I saw you out there on the stroll again. How dare you do this to me? I spent all this time on you. It makes him feel inadequate as a savior or as a mentor. And now he's angry with them. The other thing I was thinking about what would cause this this lash out Mm -hmm. or this acting out, or at least towards these specific women when it happens, is... We have to remember that you have these very, we, we talk about, there, I'm going to put a, a few articles about the victims in this. Right. We have these very, at their core, very strong-willed and determined and like just powerful Single women. Single mom, black women. Yeah. I'm who, doing it. I'm going to do what I want to do and who aren't afraid to challenge him. So I feel right. like what happened is he said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to do what the hell I want mm-hmm. or something like, like right. and that. As a, a, that Dark, rebellious, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just in contrast to whatever he wants to do, and oh. he lashes out violently. Okay, so follow me through a thought. <laughs> I'm, I'm, follow me, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your thought, and I'm a little going back a little bit. So what if that control stems from, and I, I, this is why I've said, I don't feel like he's totally clear as far as childhood trauma Mm-hmm. I feel like there could have been trauma with his mother oh, or his absolutely. grandmother. Somebody in there. I don't. I can't say if it was sexual again, or just not. Watching it is enough. It, watching it is to, enough. But the way that he went after, like most of them were single moms. Mm-hmm. Most of them. I mean, it it seems like a I'm gonna get you back, mommy type thing, or like maybe his. I don't know if his mom had a drug issue or an issue herself that she right. couldn't get a hold of. But it, it seems like. He came out with the mentality of, I'm going to fix her. Like, I wish I could have done with my mom. Right. And then, okay, oh, no, it's not working. So, like, F you, that's it. Oh, that, that's that could totally right. be something, too. Right. I think there's, there's just so many pieces of this right. that that makes that things add up and then some things don't. Mm-hmm. Like I we mean, always, the women in the ages specifically, they're like middle right. age, all middle age. They're women. all, they're all, they're all yeah. the same type of woman. It's, it's, it's and that's what, mom to me, right? And so I, I agree that that's definitely something. I just think there's so many things that go into it. 
Um, but he ends up being charged on 11 accounts of aggravated murder, 74 accounts of rape, there's kidnapping, abuse of a corpse. Um, he ends up pleading uh, guilty by reason of insanity, or not guilty, I'm sorry, by reason of insanity, but that Never doesn't works. get over. They can't, people, the, his attorneys realize that it's not going to, right. to work, so he just ends up pleading not guilty. That's a movie thing. That doesn't right. really, it's not that easy in real life. It's, yeah, it's hard to prove that you, because right. there are two things. It's, did you know what you were doing when you did it? And two, did you know it was wrong? Right. If you can answer both of those, like, yes, I knew what I was doing, and yes, I knew it was wrong, your insanity defense is typically out of the window immediately. Right. So it's like, it's not really, it's not an SVU right. <laughs> aspect of the way things are going. Um, but on July 22nd of 2011, he gets convicted on all but the two counts against him, right. um, including the murders of the 11 women. And on August 10th, the jurors recommend a death penalty. Yeah. Of course, he's tried to appeal it. It hasn't gone through. Right. Um, and he's still sitting on death row uh, to this today. day. I was insert meme here. To this day. Uh, <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, but he's, uh, everyone's entitled to their appeals and everything. But um, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, I know it got up to the Ohio Supreme Court at one point. Yeah, I was reading because it was something about the Sixth articles. Amendment yeah. that was violated. They, I mean, I can't it's, remember off the top of my head. To be, to be honest, this is, I feel like, especially with this case and seeing, and seeing when I, what I was reading, a lot of this is just his lawyers doing their due diligence, just yeah, doing what they're sure. supposed to do right. to keep... Because what their goal isn't to get him off or get him out of jail. Their goal is to get him to off death row. Like, right. So that the state doesn't end up killing him. That right. is the goal. Right. And he's had siblings come in uh, for him to discuss, like, don't kill him. Right. He went through this since then. So Yeah, it happens. Like, I think a lot of times people give defense attorneys a bad rep. Because how could you defend such people? Some of them has public defenders are tasked with a job right. and you have to do it. And a lot of times there, I have lawyer friends who say, I know so-and-so did this. Like right. I can, I feel it. And you're not supposed to talk about cases, but they do. They say, right. I know yeah. that they're guilty of this. And my job isn't to prove that they're innocent because innocent and being innocent and being and not guilty by beyond a reasonable doubt are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. My job is to either show evidence. mitigating factors yeah. and convince the judge of some sort of mercy mm-hmm. or to get them, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Why can't I think today? There's an A word. Uh, acquitted. There you go. Oh, of all, of all charges. Uh, charges. And yeah. if you can prove that they did something was wrong, their vi- rights were violated. So like, there's a lot of things that right. go into it. Fun we, fact, I was going to be a defense attorney in one same. lifetime and um, couldn't <laughs> do it. Couldn't do it. Because I, it was just for like, me. Too it much was, guilt. It was, right. I, it was yeah, too much was of a conscience thing. thing. I wanted to help people. I wanted to be an attorney, but I didn't want to be a prosecutor, and I couldn't see myself. Either side of the attorney's uh, route yeah. isn't going to be the way but you help people truly. Yeah. Um, unless because of sometimes course, the people that you're helping on the prosecution side are linked as well. So right. So I mean, there's there's corruption on one side, and people pushing you to be this or get convictions. The other side, you're defending murderers, rapists, terrible people. So my goal after I went and I started reading and writing and realizing this is not for me. Is I want to help people before they get to the courtroom, right? <laughs> before they get before they get there, and then here I am now, like wanting to help people after they've been touched by courtrooms. Like, all right, so now we're here. You're 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 probably possibly going to jail. How do we help you? Right. Like, what happened? Why? Like, what is? What are these factors that are contributing to that? So, that is Anthony Sowell. Yes, and that is what. Is, that's what you did. You. That is what you did. Thirty. What the frick? That is what did you do? I don't know what you were going through. Leave your live your wow. life. Wow. Yeah, that was a mess. For 
But For- with Anthony Sowell, I think we saw a lot. There's I in in houses where a lot of abuse goes on, a lot of things get missed, but also a lot of things get swept under the swept. Why can't we talk today? Get I just I literally took your, your words from yeah, it's me. A I lot mean, of things get swept under the rug. I think a lot of things get hidden and covered up. For, right. for a lot of things you you cover up and you press down and repress because you they're too painful to think about. Mm-hmm. So like we say all the time or I say all the time, the secrets will make that's you sick. Right, that's all you. And I'm- so maybe in this instance with Anthony, it's the secrets that made him sick, and now here we are. Right. Um. But I don't know. I'm no, I was like, I'm no official forensic psychologist just yet. Um, the, and if, I'm no licensed, clinical. whatever, clinical <laughs> mental health counselor yet, but we're getting there. Give me some time. Yeah. So. When you don't have your episodes, that's what's going on. We're trying to finish homework <laughs> together. <laughs> Where can uh, people find you on the interwebs? Instagram and Twitter. It's D underscore uh, Isa. What is it? Four? I'm so great. I don't even know my stuff tonight. Yeah. My social media. He's dying. I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on the timelines at Charnel B on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. You can find the podcast at What Did You Do Pod on instagram and on twitter i was gonna say snapchat too we're not there no, don't look no on facebook join the crew it's so much fun yeah um, it's gonna be fun i bought this weird light phone thing to go live sometimes so i'm thinking maybe i say tomorrow night but it's meant to probably gonna be tonight because it's wednesday by the time this goes up okay lo siento my apologies on my bad um blame d it uh, could have been yesterday. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it couldn't have been because that was my fault. I was going to say, wait. could have been Sunday. <laughs> but we, but you said you had homework too. I didn't say that to you. I just said, <laughs> I said that today. What I said to you was, okay. <laughs> All right, get it together. But find You're us welcome. there. Uh, we're, again, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends about us. Um, talk to your coworkers. Guys and folks with stickers. Y'all, it's more inclusive. Y'all with stickers. It's improper grammar. Stick it on stuff. Show us. Take pictures. Um, talk to us. And if I go live, I'll put it on the crew. I'll tweet about it. I'll Instagram about it. We'll do it. Um, so that's it. Until two weeks from now. Yes. Uh, behave yourselves, please. Keep your hands oh. clean. If y'all in the Chicago area. Well, there you go. Hey, I'm going to be there um, Saturday to Tuesday. So I'll post little things What's about. The, what are the numbers? What are the where, dates? Oh, uh, what is, what are the dates? The second to. What is the dates? <laughs> I'm from the Grandma. hood. I'm sorry. I didn't grow up in a house. <laughs> Read all the books I well, I can write well, but I'll speak how I want. <laughs> That's, um, I'm going to be there Saturday, March 2nd to the, what is that? Fifth? There you go. There you go. I don't know. Um, Be there with my girls, but you know, we're going to be around. So I will draw places I'll be if you guys want to meet. Let me know. Take photos. DM me. Catch me on the DMs. I will be looking fly, sexy, and that's all I got for y'all tonight. Okay. So see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.